Hello, welcome to Thoughts from the Psalms, a series of meditations from the great hymn book of the Bible. I'm David Fryery. Psalms 113 to 118, known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of the United States of America, is famously quoted as saying in 1789 that in this world nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. He meant by this that there are only two things you can't avoid in the world. You will pay taxes and you will die. That's 100% certain. Some time ago in a sermon I made a few references to death and someone commented at the end that it was a brave man who would speak on such a subject. But in this programme my task is to speak on death. I can't avoid it as it's a key theme found here in Psalm 116, the next of the Egyptian Hallel Psalms 113 to 118. You remember in Psalm 113 we saw that it was about the God of creation, Psalm 114 about the God of the Exodus, and Psalm 115 was about the God of other gods. Psalm 116 I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me, The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And now in Psalm 116, it is about the God of life over death. I hope you see something positive in that title though, life over death. Death is not the end. But death itself is something of a taboo subject because it can be a painful subject and therefore also a hard one. No doubt most of us have experienced bereavement in some way. Maybe the death of a loved one, a husband, wife, parents, maybe even a child, or the death of other family members, friends and work colleagues. 
We even grieve at the death of a famous person that we don't even know personally. Maybe you remember the outpouring of national grief at the death of Princess Diana in 1997. And yet, taboo or not, we do often find ourselves talking about death. My late mother-in-law used to scour the death announcements in her local paper to see if anyone that she knew had died. Maybe you do that. Yes, we are faced by death all around. In the past, infant mortality in England was high and families could expect to lose one or more children at a very young age. Medicine was not as advanced as it is today. Children also died young because life was considered cheap and expendable in 19th century industrial Britain and many children died in the factories and mines. In many developing world countries today, there are still poor working conditions and child labour. So let's turn then to Psalm 116. I have two headings over this and the next programme. Firstly, the power of death, and then secondly, power over death. Firstly then, the power of death. The psalmist begins with love and thanksgiving to the Lord for hearing him in his distress, and so has confidence to call again on God as long as he lives. It's true that answered prayer in the past, the evidence of God at work in our lives, gives us a comfort and a confidence in him for the future. The answers we get may not always be the ones we would personally have wanted, but God is sovereign. The sovereignty of God, that's a massive subject, but it's an important one because it acknowledges that God is in control and that he knows best. Nothing happens outside of his sovereign will. Even though we often see things from a human perspective. In fact, God often works through the mundane realities of life. When we make decisions, he is still working somewhere in the background. It's something of a mystery, the link between how we make decisions in life and influence our own lives, and yet how God is somehow directing things. Perhaps we just have to say that God's mind is greater than ours. Being specific, here in verse 3, the reference is to death. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. The message paraphrased the Bible, puts this verse interestingly. Death stirred me in the face. Hell was hard on my heels. Up against it, I didn't know which way to turn. We are not told the specifics of the incident, but that is often the case in the Psalms and we are left speculating as to what the specific case may have been. But maybe we are not supposed to do that. The focus is not on what happened in the life of the psalmist, but on the vision that the experience has offered of God and God's provision. In some way it would appear that the psalmist had come near to death, and it caused him to suffer distress and anguish. Maybe you're like that. Maybe you're a worrier, over health issues or the fear of an accident or the fear of what might happen if and you can fill in your own blanks there and if you are a worrier like this you're not alone but should we be concerned about such things well firstly i'd say that i would never give either a glib or a super spiritual answer to such a question most of us aren't super saints 
Beware of the preacher or pastoral worker that seems to fob you off with platitudes or pat answers. But rather, we do well to look at verse 4 and following. When we call on the Lord, he is gracious and merciful to us. So the psalmist rests in the goodness of God. In verse 7, Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And so in verses 8 and 9, he is positively celebrating. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So in summary then, death is presented in the psalm as encircling the psalmist, trapping him in, but God brings release. The psalmist hasn't died, but his experience has made him think. Near-death experiences can do that. When a person feels their life may be just about over, or they are facing a life-threatening situation, they are often caused to think of God in a new and positive light. It's been said that there are no atheists on the battlefield. When a possibility of impending death looms, so too do thoughts of eternity. What is happening at the moment in various parts of this war-torn world is a tragedy which we would not wish upon anybody. But it's interesting and encouraging to note the growing number of people in such situations who start attending church services or ask for or buy Bibles. Death is understood in the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, as a force that has an impact on us in this life. In poetry especially, we are dead when we are under the power or entanglement of death, even if we are not actually clinically dead. These are the encompassing snares of death in verse 3. There is a sense in which death is all around us. Indeed, life's last great act is to take itself away from us, to kill us. We've no doubt all experienced, or at least at some point will experience, the death of a loved one. As a young preacher in my twenties, I attended a preacher's conference on the subject of ministering to the dying. To be honest, in some ways, I was out of my depth in that at that time, I'd never experienced the death of someone who was close to me. Yet how things changed over the years. But I think that concept of being out of your depth is also true of many sorts of pastoral work. To be able to empathise with a person because you've been in their situation can help you relate. When we started the 50 plus group at a church I worked for a number of years ago, in the very first week an elderly man came in and was just sitting on his own in the corner of the room with a cup of tea and a piece of cake. So I went and sat with him and as we talked I found out his story. He'd seen the advert for the meeting and he'd come along because he was lonely. Earlier that year he'd lost his wife after over 50 years of marriage. I was able to empathise with him because I had lost my first wife not many years previously and so we struck up a bit of a friendship. I couldn't say thank you Lord for taking Sue's life but I could say thank you Lord for using the situation you put me in to be able to speak with others in a similar position. Loneliness can be very real and very painful. So that's the power of death. But did you notice that even in talking about that power, we couldn't help talking about the fact that death is not the end. There is deliverance. 
So you see, this is actually a very encouraging psalm, even as we talk about death. So join me next time when we will continue in Psalm 116 and explore this positive aspect further as we talk about how this psalm shows us the power over death. dying from my shame you heard my groaning you called my name from the darkness from the grave oh I cried out to you and you came to save me oh you saved me to discuss anything in this program with me david friary please contact me via our studio please join us next time for further thoughts from the psalms <laughs>